Yesterday I did a video in which I talked about investing in what I called the war machine and I told you the stocks that I was investing in. And then today I saw Alex Karp in Davos on CNBC and they asked him some very poignant questions about what he thought was going to happen relative to the Russian-Ukraine system. And it's relevant because he does a lot of the software for the United States and has in fact been involved in uh, helping the Ukraine people fight this war. So he gave some very uh, important information that I need to share with you. The other thing is I want I did a video with Joe Rogan and Peter Zeon. Peter is the author of this book and uh, Peter has some very strict knowledge about what is happening and I want to share that with you too because I think there's an investment opportunity. We are at war, we will continue to be at war and you need to invest. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. We live in a world of herd mentality, and the herd doesn't really pay much attention to what is really going on. They just pay attention to who screams the loudest. And the screamers of the loudest were people like Bitcoin and Tesla, and you know them, that had a huge run-up in, in price, and yet the best-performing asset of last year when everybody was wondering what was going on was oil. Well, we we didn't invest in oil because we believed that electric vehicles were going to make oil irrelevant. We're now learning that may happen someday, but it is no day soon. But one of the things that is very important that we aren't paying attention to is that war that's going on over in Ukraine, initiated by Vladimir Putin. And I I told you yesterday I talked about the the military movements in in the China Sea by people that South. Korea wants nuclear weapons, that Japan is buying weapons from the United States, that Turkey's buying uh, F-35 fighters from the United States. We have a machine that is running to fund this war. Why are we funding the war? Because we don't want it to become a world war. But the reality is it's going to go on. And You've heard it from me. Now I want you to hear it from maybe some other people that you respect. And let's talk, start with Alex Karp. He was in Davos, Switzerland yesterday, and he was interviewed. And I want you to hear what he has to say. Now, you recognize he is probably one of the most in involved people because he's developing the software for the United States, which is making it available to Ukraine to basically hold back the, the Russian movement. So let's hear what Alex has to say and how long he thinks the war is going to last. I mean, I think that we are just learning as world organizations how to live in a world that is very different than we thought. So I don't think the war is likely to end in, in, in Ukraine. I don't. You don't. I, I think, look, it's very hard to know what's going to happen, but you have an adversary who is zero sum. If Putin goes home and says, hey, we lost, he will lose his life. His friends will lose their life. They'll lose all their money. Uh, and and it, and he'll go to his grave feeling that he lost, which he does not want to do. We in the West, most of us in the West, correctly believe if we allow these kind of things to happen, if we allow people to violate the sovereignty of a land and rape, pillage, and destroy people who are innocent in that land, that this will set a horrible precedent. So we can't allow that to happen. Also, we've shown that we develop superior technology, and we, combined with heroes on the ground, we can actually win. 
Uh, and so this is just a, still a class of culture. That's a pessimistic view geopolitically of potential war and the like. What's your view of the economy and the ramifications? And maybe it's a ramification of war. No, I think I think the ch chief thing hurting the economy is we're in an unknown zone where things are happening we didn't plan, like wars, trying to deal with the wars, inflation. What to, we're also highly divided inside of our, our countries in the West. Now, someone else that I respect very highly, I've read all three of his most recent books, the last one being um, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, uh, and mapping the collapse of globalization. And a big part of that is, if you'll read this book, uh, 13 Hours, it's going to tell you that Russia and China are a big part of what's going to happen over the next decade. And I want to share with you, he was, I, he was on Joe Rogan, and it is the best interview that I have seen, but I want to share you, with you what he thinks is going to happen with Russia, and then we can talk about what do we invest in to take advantage of this. The Russian space is among the worst farmland in the world, and so they've never been able to generate enough income to have a road network. Everything has to be moved by rail. And their frontiers are just huge, and they're open, and if you've got a force that can't maneuver itself, your only reasonable defense strategy is to be forward positioned and use geography to help you out. So you expand until you reach mountains or oceans or deserts, and then you anchor on either side of those and plug the access points. Unfortunately for Ukraine, there are two of those access points on the other side of Ukraine. So the Russians were always, always, always going to try to push through and retake that territory, territory that they had controlled for most of the last 350 years. Uh, unfortunately for them, in the 30, 35 years since the Soviet system collapsed, uh, the Ukrainians have developed an identity. And now they would like to be something other than a road bump. The Russian point of view is for us to be secure, we need to expand until we reach a point where invaders cannot overwhelm us. We have to be able to plug those access points. But to give the Russians what they want, you have to sign over the future of Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Finland, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Slovakia, Romania, Belarus, Ukraine, oh, let's go on, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Kazakhstan, all the stands. Basically, the, the Russians, in order to feel safe, you ha they have to be able to occupy total populations that are twice of their own. But for Russia to feel safe, they've got to occupy over 180 million people, and that was never part of the game. Well, there, there's two paths here, and the, the problem is we haven't seen either side fight in their full glory yet, and until we have that fight, we really can't judge. The, the Ukrainians are the underdog, but they're in the process of rapidly arming with more and more sophisticated equipment. And by the time we get to May, they will have been able to do a lot of deferred maintenance on the equipment they captured from the Russians, which was more equipment than they started the war with. And there will be 60,000 Ukrainian troops that have trained in NATO countries with more advanced equipment back in the field. So, you know, we get our Athens, if you will. Uh, on the other side, the Russians will have finished their second mobilization, and they will have at least another half a million men in the field. Now, they will be badly trained and badly equipped and badly led with low morale. But troops like that have a technical term attached to them. Russian. There's nothing about this war 
that is unique in Russian history. The first year is always an absolute shit show. And then the Russians throw bodies at the problem until it goes away. And in half of those wars, the Russians ultimately win. So by the time we get to May and the mud season is over, we'll have a more advanced Ukrainian force fighting a much larger Russian force. And we will get our first real glimpse at how this is going to go. And we should know which way it's going to break. Now, it'll still take time. Because if the Russians are going to win, it's going to take them a year to overwhelm Ukrainian defenses, and then they have to occupy the country, and that's going to kill a couple million people. Or the Russians are going to be able to completely break the logistical supply chains that allow the Russian troops to even exist, and we'll have a half a million dead Russians, and the Ukrainians will be able to put the, push the Russians out of Crimea in the east. Uh, and then we get to talk about the next stage, because this is just the opening phase of what is going to be a multi-year and perhaps even multi-decade conflict. Uh, right now, the balance of forces clearly are edging more and more towards the Ukrainians. They've proven to be more adaptable. Uh, when the Russians made it clear that they were going to do a second mobilization, that seemed to have broken the logjam in a lot of countries, most notably Germany. And we now have armored vehicles up to and including some light battle tanks, which I know all the tankies out there are going to hate that term. But anyway, armored vehicles that have some serious firepower are going to be coming now. Uh, the Bradleys from the United States specifically. And that is a... It's a tool that the Ukrainians have not had. So every time the Ukrainians have achieved a tactical breakthrough, they can only push as far as their infantry can run. Now their infantry is going to be mobile. And in a war of movement to this point, the Russians have proven that they're absolutely incompetent. Okay, so that's my take. Alex's tape and uh, Peter's take on what is happening. And I think all three of us believe that, that this war is going to go on for a while and it's going to have to be armed. And the co potential countries that uh, Peter listed off in uh, amazing order uh, are going to have to arm as well as France, uh, England, and uh, Turkey and the other NATO countries. So with that in mind, I wanted to look at BAE Systems and get more knowledgeable of it. I know it's a British company, so I'm going to Seeking Alpha to take a look. Okay, let's start our investigation of uh, BAE Systems with Seeking Alpha. That's where I always go, and they're on very heavy discount right now, so take a strong look. There's a link in the description. If you go up here, you'll see that there's actually two uh, BAE Systems stocks. One's SY and the other one is SF. You're going to find that the SF is very thinly traded. You want to concentrate instead on the, the BESY. And you can see it's currently selling for $42.06. Uh, it's up 28.58% um, year over year. And year to date, it's, it's actually down, but that's only a several days, it's down 2%. So um, what I did was I, I, I looked through Seeking Alpha and found that the overall uh, has a buy rating, Wall Street has a buy, and their quant system has, has a hold on it. Valuation of C plus, growth D, uh, profitability A minus, momentum C plus, and revision. I like the looks of this article. I went to it, uh, a retirement retiree's dream. If there is one thing I am, it's a retiree. Um, and here, what they're telling me is that 
their business is growing substantially. Uh, their their uh, book to orders is extremely high, and that is because um, they are involved in providing uh, all kinds of military systems to all kinds of people. This is a British company and their primary defense contractor for uh, UK and Australia and in the top 10 spots in the United States. What drew me to them immediately was the statement that um, Peter Zeon said that they are going to be providing some of the Bradley tanks which to Ukraine, which is going to make a major change in that war. As he referenced, uh, up until this time, the Ukraine soldiers could get only as far as they could run and as fast as they can run and now and they're they're running the uh, the Russian piece, uh, soldiers back so you can see here that um, they are with these tanks they're going to have a major play um, their company makes about 10 percent in gross margins and you can see uh, a large budget of the US makes its way to the most important market uh, of beef E B A E. So look look this article over. I went through. Um, here's their book to bill, uh, and in, as you can see, uh, it was high in eighteen. Came down and kind of had a a low ebb through the the uh, coronavirus, and now has spiked with the um, the importance of the Ukraine war. And I think just the overall recognition that if you're going to be a country, you've got to be armed now. It is not going to be a cyber war. You need to be prepared. Um, so that's where I'm going to add. Then what I wanted to do was uh, take a look at uh, a chart and see where I wanted to buy. And here I have a chart. And as you can see, what I'm looking at here is this is the 200-day moving average, this is the 50-day moving average, and this is a 9-day. And you can see they're running right above both. What I want to do is bring this graph in a little closer so you can see uh, there is a gap that has appeared here, and you can see it there. Uh, that's that gray line there. The, the stock jumped up two days ago from, it looks like, about 141.38, and it's now up to uh, about 40, uh, 42, 41. So I'm going to put in an order, and I'll put it in to fill this gap. It's right now, uh, the high is 42, 45, and the high on the gap was uh, 41, 41. So I'm going to be looking to buy it about uh, probably $41.45. Uh, I'll put an order in, a limit order today, see if it picks it up. I doubt if it will, but I suspect uh, I'll buy it within um, before the week is over. So that's my take on um, my Bradley Tank uh, interest. Okay, so I'm adding BAE Systems to my existing war portfolio, which consists of Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, 
and Raytheon. So that gives me a position, and this is a long hold. This is not something that uh, is going to take off, but as they say, this we're going to be in this for a decade. It's not cyber war. Yeah, we may think about Palantir, Alex's company. He seems to be have a, have a big foot in that area, but that's something I want to dig into a little bit deeper. We might do that at another time. So that's my take, uh, and I, I hope it gives you some insight as to recognizing the market right now moves with Jay Powell and his statements on um, interest rates and um, price index uh, at, at relative to inflation. But I'm a long-term investor. I'm looking at what is changing in my world that, as, as Alex said, that we didn't expect. We didn't expect this to be happening uh, two years ago. It's been a year now, uh, but myself, Peter, and Alex think it, we, we're, we're, this is going to be a decade situation. So you do what you want to do. Uh, I invite you to subscribe, ring the bell so you're notified when I put out a new video, and come over to our Discord. There's a link to it in there, and uh, join our Friday Stock Talk where we talk about things like this we share ideas. This should be a team sport. You should not be doing this by yourself, and you should know the people that you're, you're dealing with. Talk to you again tomorrow.